We're gonna write a book about everything. So many things that we can explore. Documented in a series of podcasts. I'm not sure what we're doing this for. Flat 29's big book of everything. Burn all the textbooks because they're obsolete. Flat 29. It's our attempt to rewrite history by making podcasts every week. Boo! I am the ghost of Dan. I am Dr. Fear, a.k.a. Charlie. I am the ghost of Christmas Rich. And we are collectively known as Flat29. And anyway, each week we add a new chapter to our big book of everything, gradually building up a comprehensive guide to everything in and around our universe. This week is Chapter 5, Fear either of you guys got any irrational fears or phobias i've got a weird one basically i don't like um things growing <laughs> in general you must have a real big problem in i know the world. it's just like things like you know when you leave the potatoes in the cupboard for ages and then, oh, they, yeah. and then they grow little shoots oh for- perfectly normal shoots yeah freaks me out freaks you out it does and just to complicate matters it's sort of a fear of nests and things growing <laughs> what, what? Like, the nests don't grow like when you see an ant on the floor and then you see another one you're like oh that's a lot of ants and then you, <laughs> what and two you... ants is not a lot <laughs> i'm sorry i've seen a lot of ants in my time and if i saw two ants i would think that was relatively few ants <laughs> and then you just suddenly realize there's a massive nest of ants there and you're like oh that's disgusting it's about things growing i think it's like something so that includes like the number of ants increasing so anything getting bigger than its original size yeah i do like it but I think maybe Things should just stay as they are. Yeah. Why does everything have to change? You've just sort of got a fear of nature, haven't you? In the- <laughs> it is. It's a general fear of nature in the outdoors, I think, really. <laughs> Which is hard because you live in the countryside. You know, sometimes you hear maybe a story or uh, something bad happening when you were a child and you put way too much importance on that story. So I think one time I heard that sort of uh, urban legend about someone putting a plastic bag on their head and suffocating to death. Might be an urban legend. It might be an actual true fact. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, so I heard this and I thought, plastic bags, they're going to get me. And I developed this kind of fear of plastic in any form. And so like, you know, when you get, um, <laughs> you know, when you get like maybe a sweet which is in a kind of plastic wrapper i would refuse to open that with my teeth like any normal human would do because it would just you know it would probably suffocate me to death so yeah it really really was a problem wow (laughs) that's really over the top i know and it's just because of this little overheard thing and obviously whoever said that thing to me just thought oh i'm just gonna tell him that to warn him you know not to put a plastic bag Mm. in your head but you know it totally screwed me up (laughs) my whole life And the other, the other fear I have is uh, more recent. The same sort of thing, he- hearing a story about something and placing way too much importance on it, but a more recent thing. So I was in Australia for a little while. So there are these jellyfish, basically, which will kill you. They will just touch you, sting you, dead, bang. Now, they're not really? that common, but you always hear stories about, oh, there's these jellyfish. Oh, my God, I saw these jellyfish. You know, they've been, someone died of them the other day. And I heard about them so much that I got really paranoid about it. And when I was in the water, and because they're basically see-through you know one false move dead in the water and i was just terrified of them basically why didn't you just get one of those sting suits and be done with it because i want to look like a twat (laughs) (laughs) 
fair point. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess scary. me sort of mincing around trying to avoid invisible jellyfish made me look a little bit stupid anyway. So. That reminds me of I don't like jellyfish. Yeah, they're the unseen menace. And another thing is I don't like fish swimming around my legs. See, that's quite a common fear. My sister has that fear as well. Fish, she finds really weird, even though they are the most harmless little thing. I know. Ever. It's the same, like, because I've been on holiday abroad for the first time and I spent the first day in the sea laughing, splashing <laughs> around, going off a, what, going off a slide. What a scene. What exactly, if you could paint that picture, yeah. And then the next day, my girlfriend was like, oh, have you noticed all those little silver, see-through, tiny fish swimming around? Oh, and I God. couldn't get in. <laughs> oh no, it really I just think like the thought of things swimming around my legs or seaweed. <laughs> I'm afraid of the sea, basically. I've never. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. The sea and the land. I won't. <laughs> and food I, and nature. <laughs> I will no longer go in the sea or any water that I can't see absolutely everything that's underneath it. See, I'd probably join you in that, though, Rich, just based on my jellyfish fear. Let's just go to a swimming pool together and be done with it. Let's never go in the sea <laughs> exactly. again. Exactly. Charlie, have you got any uh, irrational fears? Um. It's more of a fear of paralysis. Right. All right. <laughs> I mean, does that come up that often? Oh, God, I feel some paralysis coming no, but, on. No, when I was, especially when I was little, like, if I was in a sleeping bag or something, and it, it kind of <laughs> fought on something, so I couldn't really move about, I'd get really freaked oh, out. Oh, no. Is it like being in the womb? No, that seems like a, a warm and comfy place where I could just nap forever. Yeah, that's what, that is the definition of a sleeping bag. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's just—it's not being able to move about. It's—it's it's a bit. I don't know, it freaks me out slightly. You, you must have had a shit time in the womb. <laughs> I'm freaked out by this womb. Just get me out of here. And also, I don't like sitting with my back to like a room. I like sitting with my back to a wall. I don't know. People can. It's, I'm not scared. It just freaks me out slightly. People. Are you just really homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, is this a good idea? We are now broadcasting all of our fears. We're basically giving away our kryptonite. So, if we were ever to become super villains or superheroes, whichever one would take your fancy, basically, this podcast will be a reference to anyone who wants to defeat us. Is that good? Is that clever? <laughs> Shit. I mean, it doesn't really take much. It's not like kryptonite comes from Superman's home planet. Now, that is hard to get hold of. <laughs> a potato, a sleeping bag, and a bit of polythene is really not hard to come by. <laughs> no. So we've been talking about the appeal to fear, which is the marketing or political technique where you attempt to create support for your idea by using deception and propaganda, where you increase fear and prejudice towards a competitor. So uh, the appeal to fear is, is common in, in like marketing and politics. So everyone's seen this sort of attack ads that they have, particularly in America, where political um, parties or political candidates will make an advert saying about how their opponent is absolutely rubbish and would be horrible and would ruin this country. And that kind of thing so for this podcast we have written some attack ads and we're just gonna viciously attack each other through the medium of a political advert and try and encourage you listeners to vote for one of us see which one of us you're least terrified of and then <laughs> message us in and tell us which one you're going to vote for and now a party political broadcast from the rich party this is a political broadcast brought to you by the rich party when you hear the name Charlie Massessen, there are a few things that come to mind. Racism. Snobbery. A childhood obsession with fascist dictators, namely Hitler. Acute sarcasm. Hardcore pornography. 
the Swedish Mafia. People of Britain, need I say any more? Can you imagine the state of affairs with Charlie Massesson in power? Let me paint a picture. Capital punishment would be reinstated. A new subpar tax would be introduced for anything that doesn't quite meet his high standards. <laughs> He'd turn the scouts into the Charlie youth in a sort of sick tribute to his hero. He'd make poverty mandatory. If this is the kind of ludicrous society you wish to be a part of, vote for Charlie, a.k.a. twat. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I feel violated. And now, a party political broadcast from the Dan Party. This is a political broadcast brought to you by the Dan Party. Mr. Green promises a brighter future for our country. His winning smile and endearing West Country accent have won the hearts of the nation's elderly and ignorant. But behind that smile lies a more sinister truth that threatens to tear this great country apart. It is well known that Mr. Green is in the pocket of big oil. His close work with oil companies was made even more scandalous when it was revealed that much of that oil he uses to rub onto the backs of hairy men in swimming pools. Mr. Green is tight-fisted with his ill-gotten money and has on several occasions neglected to tip the underage prostitutes he so frequents. Sources close to Mr. Green can reveal that he wasn't even born in our country, but hails from a much more sinister and corrupt place. Bristol. A vote for Rich Green is a vote for hairy Bristolians to run our government, and I don't know about you, but that is not what my grandfather died for. I'm Daniel Pate, and I approve this message. <laughs> I approve this message. That's what they say at the end of Like America. I love it. Ah, uh, that's horrible. Finally, a party political broadcast from the Charlie Party. Do you know Daniel? He's your friend, right? You've hung out. You've been down the pub. You've had a few drinks. You had a good laugh. It's great. But really... Daniel wants to control you. He wants power. He hates the good things. Babies, he hates them. Flowers, clouds, fluffy kittens. All things that Daniel would like to see gone. I have proof. Suggest global warming to him. Rubbish, he says. I had to wear a coat when I went outside today. It was a bit chilly. These things mean nothing to him. Just look at Daniel as a man. The way he parts his hair to one side. The way he claims he can't grow a moustache and it's patchy. But look where that patch comes. It's like a toothbrush just below his nose. I've been to his house. Framed pictures of those he considers great adorn every wall. Pol Pot, King Jong-il, Ronald Reagan and Bono. All people he looks up to. But think, would you let those people in your house? Would really you take advice from them? Daniel does. If he had his way, fuel, gas, electricity, water, transport, schools and jobs would all be under his ever-tightening noose. Do not trust this man. He will take away your wife, your life. He may seem like your friend, but he's not. Don't vote for him, people. Vote for the Charlie party. (laughs) <laughs> nice. That was amazing. I laughed so much at the first two sentences. Yeah. 
So that was it, listeners. That is our three party political broadcasts. And what we want you to do is weigh up the options, think about who you think out of us three would be the best to run our country, and decide who you're going to vote for in this, the Flat 29 general election <laughs> so send in some messages to us you can use email you can email us podcast at flat29.com you can get on our facebook group flat29's big book of everything uh, leave us a message there or you can get us on twitter twitter.com slash flat29 leave us a message and tell us who you're going to vote for in this important historic election It's time for another Flat 29 hit A comedy song and then we'll talk for a bit Damn girl, you're looking flat 20 fine But when we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes When we're in the club, we're dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're eating breakfast, dropping flat 20 rhymes And when we're in the bath, dropping flat 20 rhymes Now on this podcast, drop some flat 20 rhymes Flat 20 rhymes is the section where each week we do a song based on a subject. Now this week's subject is fear and I, Dan, have done a song which is kind of from the perspective of a man terrified of the world and just basically has had enough and is declaring war on, on these sources of his fear. And the song is called War on Terror. Here it is. People of the world, I am fed up with living my life terrified of everyday occurrences such as spiders and scary bits in films. I will no longer let these terrifying items ruin our everyday lives and will fight them the only way I know how. I am declaring a war on terror. I refuse to waste time looking for monsters under my bed every night. I am declaring a war on terror. All spiders are here by addictive to my property. See, I got a problem with my house. It's home to me and it's home to a mouse. What is it about those guys looking at me with their cold mouse eyes? And it's no surprise that usually, when I open a box of muesli, I'm forced to catch my breath. The whole thing smells like shit and death. I realise you might say the muesli tastes like that anyway, but that's a very lazy joke. I'm gonna bring this mouse to justice. Fight one on one. Just this mouse and me, he won't be spared Unless it's in the dark and I get too scared Cause this world is terrifying Halloween, spiders, flying ants and shit And so much more, that's why I'm declaring war Just a shadow on the wall. Sorry. Nice. I say one expecting that beat to come in. <laughs> uh, what sort of uh, genre was that then, Dan? 
I'm not really sure. It's a kind of like um, a military hip hop uh, R&B funk, R&B jam. Yeah. Champs and jumps, jumps and champs. It's time to figure out who is a champ or a chump. Champ. Can I? Before we do champs and champs, can yeah. I do a prediction as to what your champs and champs might be? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Is obvious. it? Guess the name of phobias. It, you list some it phobias. Is, yeah. And we guess what they are. Bet, <laughs> I bet, knew it. Bet. It's hard. It's time to figure out who is a champ or a chump. Champ. Champs and Chumps is the section where one of us will ask some questions for the other two and we do a kind of little quiz thing and the winner becomes the official champ and the loser, the chump of the week. Now, in previous episodes, I've been asking the questions to Rich and Charlie, but because of Rich's amazing streak of losses, we don't want it to be too embarrassing for him. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's going to be issuing the questions this week for myself and Charlie to answer and compete for the title of champ. Okay, thanks, Dan. So this week, following on nicely from Dan's song, we're going to talk about phobias in Champs and Champs. So um, how's your phobia knowledge, Dan, after that research for that song? Well, as I said, I went through a lot of phobias to try and find rhyming phobias for that one, so I think I'm pretty hot. So I reckon you've definitely got an advantage in this, haven't you? Sweet. So I'm going to give you a tip. The first word is the giveaway, the phobia bit. That's the, that's the same on every one. That's not going to help you. It's <laughs> Thanks the, for the tip. That's it's the help first word. Right. Okay. So, Dan, you'll go first. Right. Okay. We're starting easy. Okay. Cool. What is technophobia? Fear of technology. Yeah. Not, one point to Dan. Uh, cool. Not fear of techno. Okay. Charlie, you ready? Uh... Yes. See if you can square up. I think this is pretty easy. What is acousticophobia? Acousticophobia? Fear of sound or noise? Yes, you got it in one. That's one all, guys. Well done. Okay, that was the easy bit. Let's get into the hard shit. That's your phrase, isn't it, Rich? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Dan, (laughs) what is cacophobia? Fear of poo. <laughs> How's it spelled? It's. I think that's how it's pronounced. C A C O phobia. Oh, okay. Fear of like chocolate or coca beans, maybe. Um, Listen to how you spell cocoa. I know, but it's like near it. It's like the French for coke. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is my method. Okay, don't knock it. I got the first okay, one right. No, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, fear of chocolate. Fear of chocolate. I can sort of see a logic there, but actually, it's, it's the fear of ugliness. Ah, damn. Okay, Charlie. Carnophobia. Carno. Um, carno, um, I don't know, sounds like carnivore, so fear of meat. Oh, he's got it. Yes! Yes! That was a much easier Come one on. than mine. <laughs> okay, so, Dan... Yeah. This is your third one. Okay. I'm going to try and even things up a bit here. Give you an easy one. Go what on. is... Phobophobia? Fear of phobias. I read that one on my list. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's it's the fear of fear itself. <laughs> yes! Come on! Surely everyone has the fear of fear itself. I mean, no one is not afraid of fear. Phobia. By its very nature, you're afraid of it. Look. I didn't want to get into the uh, the um, technical details, but 
Dan, you've had three questions. You've got two out of three. Charlie, right. it's your final question here. Final? It's Charlie, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I didn't realise there was only three questions. Would have tried harder. Dan. <laughs> I would have tried harder. Okay. <laughs> Charlie, what is graphophobia? If that's that- fear of graphs, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, uh, a lot of thoughts probably going through his head now. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of things that have graph in the title. You're a great commentator, Rich. <laughs> he's, he's trying to even this out. It means a lot. He's won every week so far. He has. So. If Charlie wins this one again, then I think um, we'll probably graph. cancel the quiz. <laughs> I don't know, like fear of ink or of penmanship or something. I don't know, of drawing swirly circles. Something to do with writing. Oh my god. He's gone and right? done it. Oh, for oh, God's right. yes. yes, come on! Oh right. My god. I can't believe it. <laughs> this is devastating. The logic on this guy is fantastic. I know. So, what are you guys like when you watch horror films then? I'm pretty rubbish. I don't really watch them uh, that much, to be honest, anymore, because I, I get very easily startled and I jump at any sudden movement. So, uh, so I was at the cinema one time with a lady to see uh, Mean Girls, <laughs> as you do. You know, it's a, it's a hot date film. It's we a all horror know that. film. And uh, there's a bit in Mean Girls, spoiler alert, where one of the characters steps into the road and is suddenly hit by a bus. And it's kind of like a joke. When it actually happened, I jumped so much, not even like in a sort of understated way. I literally kind of sort of spasmed in my seat. <laughs> so I was not able to cover it up and uh, spill popcorn, all that oh, kind of thing. Disaster. It was a nightmare. So Mean Girls was absolutely terrifying. Do you guys get that in films? I don't really like watching scary films. I don't sort of Me go not. out and watch them in the cinema. I get this thing where if I start watching a film for a bit that's scary, I, have to, I get hooked in and then for like about a day afterwards I'm paranoid as hell <laughs> in my own house I'm just totally paranoid for the next day if I've to been be watching honest, anything like that the more you list your fears the more it seems like you go through your life in a constant state of terror I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I'm a quivering wreck who's been getting in touch with us let's look at the letters page So we're going to talk a little bit about who's been getting in touch with us uh, this week. Rich just pointed out to me that our jingle for this section is quite melancholy. (laughs) It's it's kind of like, let's look at the letters page, I guess, if we have to. (sighs) (laughs) Mum! But we have had a few letters in regarding uh, last week's topic, which was about education. Now, we talked a little bit about our school reports, and we asked if you had any good reports you wanted to send in. And we got an excellent uh, report sent in from listener Claire, who says... Claire writes... On the sub... Claire writes... (laughs) Claire writes... Is that her name? Claire writes... It's like gay rights, (laughs) but for Claire. (laughs) Gay rights, but for Claire. Claire writes now! Claire writes now! Claire writes... On the subject of reports, here's an extract from mine. Bracket, spring term, year 10... Claire would get a great deal more from science if she spent less time dancing on tables, making up ridiculous songs about me and generally acting the clown, and more time with concentrating on the task in hand. <laughs> I like it. See, I think Claire sounds like she would fit right into Flat 29. It's true. <laughs> she really does, doesn't she? <laughs> making up silly songs about me. And, I mean, we've danced on our fair share of tables, right? Yeah. 
I like this. This is a much cooler report because we obviously read out some of our reports, uh, school reports last week, and they weren't nearly as cool as this. I feel like uh, I've sort of missed out a little bit. Maybe we should get rid of the least coolest member of Flat 29 and get Claire on board. (laughs) Okay, so who's that then? Probably. It's obviously not me. It's probably Charlie. Probably is Charlie, if we're honest. Sorry, Charlie. I'm a founding member. You can't kick me out. <laughs> well, whoever loses the election, the great Flat 29 general election, will be uh, evicted from Flat 29 and, and will be replaced with listener Claire until such a time as someone becomes more cool than her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strict meritocracy, our podcast. If you're cooler than any one of us, you can just jump in and take over. <laughs> So we also got an email in the week uh, regarding our ongoing attempts to claim the sun as our own, uh, start colonising it perhaps, but we're going to claim the sun and rename it the fun. And uh, an email from listener Patrick came in bringing our dreams crashing down to earth, quite literally and metaphorically. And he says... You cannot make claim for the sun. You're too late. Many before have already made claim. However, under extraterrestrial law, it's considered to be open to everyone. No, no, hang, hang on, hang on. He sent us a link with this, this email that he sent to us, and it went to a Wikipedia page. He said that A, somebody had made a claim for the sun and then sent us the link, and there was no reference to it on there. But it also said that in order for you to claim, you had to state intent of landing there or something, or, you know, to actually make a claim for friendship, you had to go there. And I'm pretty certain in our episode that we, we stated that we were, in fact, going to go and plant a flag on the sun as soon as we were able by NASA. I think this, this should be a new um, section of the show. Charlie denounces the listenership. <laughs> Well, you email us in and Charlie will tell you that you're wrong and you're an idiot. (laughs) He is wrong. Well, I'm sorry, uh, listener Patrick, but we are going to continue with this subject. And just to celebrate, I've made two new jingles. Let's hit it. Hooray! I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa, I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. <laughs> Fun. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, so we're keeping our dream alive through the media of jingles. I've got one more to play you as well. So they're all a bit shit. So you know, bear that in mind. The tax man's taken all my dough and left me in this stately home, lazing on a funny afternoon. <laughs> <sighs> That's awful. So, <laughs> like that. <laughs> so more on our expedition to claim the fun when we hear more about it. <laughs> so the remaining ten minutes or so of this podcast is set around a campfire in a kind of scary, terrifying forest. So in order to get the maximum effect from this section, what we would recommend is that you listen to this maybe on headphones, maybe just on your own in a dark room. If you're listening to this on the bus, something like that, pause it, wait till you get home, listen to it there for the full spooky effect. It just won't be so scary otherwise. It's absolutely terrifying, I promise. Here it is. All right then, guys. So we're all gathered around the campfire on this most terrifying of evenings. I think we should tell some scary stories. Okay, this is a chilling story called The Girl. (gasps) Once upon a time, there was a boy called Charlie. 
His parents were going away for the weekend, so he had to go and stay with his grandmother, who lived in a large Elizabethan-era house. Charlie hated going there because it was dark and scary. It was full of grandfather clocks, antiques and old pictures. When playing upstairs with some of his grandmother's old toys, he heard a voice from down the corridor. It sounded like a young girl saying, Come and play with me. Charlie went to investigate. In one of the bedrooms, he found the young girl. She said, Hello, have you come to play with me? Yes, Charlie answered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> That's that again. Yeah. Yes, Charlie answered. He couldn't believe his luck. Normally it was so boring at his grandmother's house, but he had found a new playmate. For hours they played old board games and ran around the house laughing and shouting, whilst Charlie's grandmother was cooking in the kitchen. It's tea time, Charlie, she shouted. Charlie turned to the girl and said, I've got to go, it's time for tea now, are you coming too? You go and I'll be down in a minute, she replied. So Charlie made his way to the dining room. Hello, Charlie. Come and sit down. Did you have fun upstairs? You were making such a racket. It was great, Gran. I've got a brand new friend. What are you talking about, Charlie? Was someone up there with you? Yes, Gran. There's a girl up there. We had... (laughs) 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 A lot of talking in there. Okay, yeah. This is shit. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Gran. There's a girl up there. We've had so much fun. Who is she, Gran? Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. There is no girl in this house. You must be imagining it. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing actually <laughs> funny's happened I, yet. I but it's hilarious. <laughs> Carry on. No way, Gran. She was real. I've spent the last few hours playing with her. Charlie's Gran was concerned and ran upstairs. Charlie followed her. They searched everywhere but couldn't find the girl. You must have imagined it, Charlie. There's no one up here. Come on, let's go and have tea. Charlie's gran ran back downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Why did she run? Why did she run? Charlie's gran (laughs) ran back downstairs. Charlie was confused. It felt so real. He began to descend the stairs when he felt a tap on his shoulder. He looked round. It was the little girl. What did you do that for? She exclaimed. And she pushed Charlie, and he fell down the stairs. Charlie's gran heard a loud thump. She ran to investigate and found Charlie at the bottom of the stairs, lying in a pool of his own blood. Oh, my God. The end. (laughs) What? Basically, that one was a chiller. It was supposed to not be scary, but then at the end, it's got a nasty twist. I mean, shit. I mean, we all saw the twist coming, though. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like a twist where we thought, oh, that girl is not going to be a ghost. <laughs> well, that was great. Why, why are they called Charlie, Rich? I don't know. You just popped in my head. Okay, so you're, you're killing me off. Right, fine. <laughs> Subconscious. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> Thing is, what you've got to understand Hang on, I was going to edit my story. That's right? uh, fine. It's fine. <laughs> Rich the bit where, like, Charlie dies. goes down to tea, I was going to carry on, but I thought I'm going to have to wrap this up at some <laughs> point because it's gone on for quite a while and nothing scary's happened. <laughs> I think you could um, 
elongate that there into a blockbuster. Sure, It'd be great. of course. Call it like the sixth sense or something. <laughs> <laughs> you swat. So, okay, all right, we're back around the campfire, back around the campfire. Okay. Campfire. So, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you. I'm scared. Short, I'm scared. Short, a short, scary story. Once there were some sexy, moody, and introspective teenage vampires. They had some sort of bullshit adventure, I imagine, which resulted in the biggest grossing metaphor for abstinence of all time. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Charlie, have you got a story for us? So, in the quietness around the campfire, our story begins. Bob and Luann were on a romantic evening out. (laughs) Having been lumbered... (laughs) Hey, come on, let, let's at least get to a joke. Who the fuck Having been lumbered in their redneck lust with a gaggle of seven kids, once more they were giving in to their urges, <laughs> but they decided to do it classy and not let the kids watch. And thus, they'd left the children in the capable hands of the local suspected paedophile clown. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? In the darkness, blacker than the inside of a mineshaft, this had some sort of special light-removing machine used upon it, the creature hauled itself from the lagoon and lumbered off in search of something to satisfy its cravings for human flesh. Infrequently silhouetted against the lights from the distant houses, the monster trudged towards its prey. It had smelt it. From the depths of its boggy lair, it had scented the air (laughs) and knew that the children were gathered, defenceless, like lambs to slaughter, or sushi on a carousel. The next meal was going to be an all-you-can-eat affair. <laughs> Undetected. <laughs> Hang on. Bit of comedy. Bit of bit comedy. Of, I like how you left the space for a laugh and laughed yourself. How <laughs> 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 <I'll> draw. <laughs> it, it's pretty much... Um, I'm, I'm thinking kind of a Lewis Carroll vibe here. I mean, it's very sort of... Sure, you know, I'm self, picking it up. Yeah. Anyway. I'm taking my trousers off. I'm getting a bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> Undetected, Carry on. the monster slipped past the fence into the big top-like contraption where the clown was entertaining the children. Hiding in the shadows and taking cover behind the wall of noise from the show, it crept ever closer towards the children. Extending great claws, and with the enthusiasm of a butcher with a meat hook, the monster struck, raking across skin and slicing through sinew until he struck bone, swinging the child high up into the air and back into the shadows, <laughs> before he could make a sale. <laughs> what I love about that is I wish... I'm glad the butcher thing was explained like it wasn't just with the enthusiasm of a butcher. <laughs> with ferocious strength, the monster tore the child into pieces before eating his still warm heart, staining the dust of the dark brown as the blood dripped down. The monster continued along the row, each time striking with lightning precision and dispatching his victims particularly one called Rich, who'd recently written me into a story. (laughs) (laughs) Whilst the others, their attention captured by the show, did not notice at all. The puppeteer, alerted by the sudden lack of enthusiasm for his young crowd, peeped out from his performance place. There he saw the monster, briefly highlighted against the spotlights. Confetti cannon in hand, he crept forward and cried, Show yourself! I ask you to explain your actions! Ah! Screamed the monster, <laughs> his throaty roar rattling the very foundations. I came for revenge, for these children's father has poisoned my home and destroyed my family. 
Who is it you wish to hurt so? Quaked the puppeteer, trying not to show his fear. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> All will become clear. I love this. Who the hell's the puppeteer? He's entertaining the children. He's quite possibly the same as a paedophile clown. <laughs> I wonder where the fucking puppeteer came in. <laughs> he just, the puppeteer just came out of nowhere as if he was a regular character we were all meant to have heard of. <laughs> it's like when in sitcoms they introduce a new character and they all refer to them like they've always known them their whole life. Yeah. Oh, Tim! Hey, Tim! Oh, good old Tim. You know what he's like. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. It's continuity errors. <laughs> It's true, it's not the best. I love it. I love this thing. Yeah, carry on. It was Cletus, for these are his children, cried the beast. <laughs> You're mistaken. These aren't his children. These belong to Bob and Sue. Um, his children are half a mile down the road, said the puppeteer. Oh, my mistake. Wow, um, this is somewhat awkward. Uh, I uh, seem to have just killed his family. Um, if you could just pass on my apologies, <laughs> I'll... Uh, be on my way, said the monster. And with that, he returned home. The end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Charlie, I think you should have put... At the end, you should have put that he, like, raped the cafeteria or something. Because <laughs> he was just pissed off. <laughs> why? <laughs> why, why? Why, Rich? I hate that puppeteer. <laughs> I hate that fucking puppeteer. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to finish off with a true story. Okay, this is a true story. True. Long ago, in a small, idyllic country village deep in the heart of Gloucestershire, a young man was happily meandering through a field of long grass, enjoying the sun, gently warming his tender skin, whistling to himself as his dog bounded ahead towards the blackberry bushes at the edge of the field. Eager to join his canine companion, he quickened his step, found himself unable to run and had developed a nagging pain in his ankle. He bent down to examine the source of the pain and came face to face with an enormous snake, the width of a football and the length of a reasonably sized family car. (laughs) He tried to run, but his feet were bound together. He fell to the floor, quickly being enveloped by several more of these grotesque creatures. He and his dog were never heard of again. Years later... A young boy named Dan would hear this clearly fictitious and thoroughly unconvincing story (laughs) and would develop a lasting fear of walking in long grass, which would last well into his teens. It still survives to this day as a vague uneasiness in particularly unkempt parks or fields. (laughs) The end. (laughs) I'm with you, brother. (laughs) It is true. It's bloody scary, though, isn't it, when you go into some long grass and you think there's snakes in them? There's snakes. I mean, when you say, like, a reasonably sized family car... I mean, what what are you thinking? Because they seem like really fat. It's like the dimensions are all wrong. They're really, really fat. <laughs> I it, guess they are. It's like I didn't really the think width of the football, the length of they're a family really car. Fat. So they're what three meters long, and that's like a you know a foot <laughs> wide. It's just it's all wrong for a snake. I, I wasn't paying attention to the actual you know scale. <laughs> Is it a Citroen Picasso? I don't know. A bloody truck. All right. So that was Flat 29's Big Book of Everything for this week. Now, we want you to get in touch with us to see who you're going to vote for in our Flat 29 elections. So get in touch with us via the usual ways. You can vote for the Dan Party, the Rich Party, or the Charlie Party. Which one of us would you like to lead over you and your lives? 
So we should talk a little bit about the Christmas schedule. So over Christmas, your favourite TV shows will all mess about with their schedules and you don't know what's going on and we are no different. So over Christmas, we are not going to have a podcast, an official podcast next week, but we're going to have one coming out just before Christmas, uh, probably on about Christmas Eve, which will be a kind of bumper Christmas special. We talk all about Christmas, we're going to have loads of Christmas music. It will be a Christmas spectacular after Christmas, on around about New Year's Eve, we'll have a sort of highlights package, which will also announce the winner of the long-running Challenge Charlie race around the world. We'll see who wins that. So that's about it for this week. We will see you next time, just before Christmas, when our subject will be, of course, Christmas time! Hooray! See you then. Bye! Bye! Flat 29's big book of everything Another topic down, a millions to go We've covered that in enormous detail There's nothing else you could possibly want to know I had a weird dream last night, but I didn't really want to repeat it. Go on, what happened? Well, um, it was last night I had a dream that um, I needed, like, bem surgery. (laughs) (laughs) And the doctor examined me and he said, like, we're going to have to operate right inside your bem. I'm sorry, that bum's coming off. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I was so scared. Um, but I don't. It, that was it, really. That's the only thing I got. Maybe there'll be some resolution in a, a, a dream I have seen. But... Well, you'll have a part two. <laughs> <laughs> part two where it's all explained. But that's enough. <laughs>